Morning, church. How's everybody doing today? Thanks for joining us in person. Thanks for joining us online. Thanks for visiting family this weekend. Thanks for eating way too much. Um, we still have way too much food at our house, but we will make it disappear. Really appreciate you being here today. It's always good to see extended family. Um, there's a lot of y'all I, I don't even know. There's a lot of y'all I still don't know. I just got to knowing your names, and then the pandemic hit, and you started wearing masks. So um, y'all made that difficult. <clears throat> it's called the Empathy Museum. And through a variety of exhibits, they try to get you to see through the eyes of another person. And one of their most recent exhibits is called A Mile in My Shoes, and it encourages visitors to walk in someone else's shoes. A Mile in My Shoes, it looks like a giant shoebox. It's housed in a walk-in shoebox, and it holds a diverse collection of shoes and audio stories. It's an exhibit to help you explore our shared humanity. From a Syrian refugee to a war veteran to a neurosurgeon. From a chef who's donated the shoes he stands in all day to a construction worker who has donated the boots that he wears at work to even a single shoe donated by an amputee. Visitors are invited to walk a mile in the shoes of a stranger while listening to their story. The stories cover so many different aspects of life, from loss and grief to hope and love, and they take you on a journey in someone else's shoes, and you literally have the opportunity to step into and put on their shoes. It's called the Empathy Museum because empathy is the ability to put yourself in the shoes of another person. So maybe the song comes to your mind, maybe you hear Elvis singing that song, lyrics by Joe Smith, Joe South, I'm sorry. Walk a mile in my shoes, just walk a mile in my shoes. Before you abuse, criticize, and accuse, then walk a mile in my shoes. What does that phrase mean, walk a mile in my shoes? Well, it means to spend time trying to consider or understand another person's perspectives, experiences, or motivations. Seeing through the eyes of another person. What happens when we see through the eyes of another person? What happens when we see what they see? Well, it helps us understand. For example, we discover that someone's dealing with cancer and we're in their shoes and we have empathy and we begin feeling and we change our perspective. We find out someone's dealing with the loss of a loved one and it changes our perspective because we are in their shoes. We find out someone is struggling in some way and we begin to see through their eyes. And it helps us understand. And it gives us a different perspective. And it gives us insight. And it gives us appreciation. I love this quote by Barack Obama. The biggest deficit that we have in our society in the world right now is an empathy deficit. We're in great need of people being able to stand in somebody else's shoes. And see the world through their eyes. Wow. Many of y'all may remember the book, To Kill a Mockingbird. Maybe you had to read that in high school. It was published in 1960. It received a Pulitzer Prize. I love this quote from the movie. You never really understand a person 
until you consider things from his point of view, until you climb into his skin and walk around in it. Mm, interesting. Let me illustrate that from Scripture. Here's what Scripture says. So we've stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. Here's another translation. We do not think of anyone as the world does. Another translation. We don't evaluate people by what they have or how they look. What's Paul trying to say? He says we, we need to learn to see people through different eyes. We need to see people through the eyes of Jesus. We need to see people through their shoes and through the eyes of Jesus. We begin a new series today called Seeing Jesus Through the Eyes Of. Through the Eyes Of. And over the next several weeks, we want to get you to see Jesus through the eyes of other people. The world's already thinking about Christmas. Maybe you're already thinking about Christmas. Maybe your Christmas decorations are already up. People are thinking about the holidays and getting together with family and trees and decorations and gifts and food. People see Christmas through different eyes. And so as we head into this Christmas season, we want you to see Jesus through the eyes of other people. You already see Jesus a certain way. You already have certain expectations of Jesus. You already have a, a certain perception of Jesus. But in the next several weeks, we want you to see Jesus by walking in the shoes of other people and seeing through their eyes, see what they see and feel what they feel and understand what their thoughts are, to see Jesus through the eyes of others. And today, I, I want us to try to see Jesus, see Christmas through the eyes of God. If I can see behind the scenes of what was happening before Jesus came, if I can somehow see through God's eyes, and the only way I know how to see through God's eyes is to look at Scripture, and here's what God thinks about Christmas, and here's what God was thinking when He sent Jesus, and here's what God's thinking about me and you. This is through God's eyes. For example, Isaiah 62, the Lord delights in you. Maybe you don't believe that. Maybe you've never felt that way. Maybe you're thinking that God's the enemy. I want you to see through God's eyes. The Lord delights in you. The Lord called you by your name and said, you are mine. How about this? God says, I've written your name on the palms of my hands. How about that? God's written your name right here. And every time he looks at his hand, he sees your name. That's how God sees you. For God knew His people in advance and He chose them to become like His Son. I love that one. I love these quotes by Max Licato. He says, if God had a refrigerator, your picture would be on it. If He had a wallet, your photo would be in it. He sends you flowers every spring and a sunrise every morning. Face it, friend, He is crazy about you. One more. God loves you simply because He's chosen to do so. He loves you when you don't feel lovely. He loves you when no one else loves you. Others may abandon you, divorce you, and ignore you, but God will love you always, no matter what. I want you to see you through the eyes of God. What was God thinking when He sent Jesus to this earth? What was God thinking this whole thing we call Christmas, the birth of Jesus? Well, He was thinking about our relationship with Him. God was thinking about the sin that separates us. God was wanting to restore our relationship. And that's what Christmas is all about. Here's what we read in Scripture. At just the right time. At just the right time. 
When we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly, but God demonstrates His own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I, I know that mentions the death of Jesus, but that's why Jesus was born. We were born to live. Jesus was born to die. Because God was thinking about our relationship. God has always wanted to be in relationship with us. How about this from Galatians 4? But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law. Some other translations. When the proper time had fully come, when the right time came, at just the right time, God sent Jesus. And that is what Christmas is all about. We keep reading in Matthew. Now, let me do... Did I? Oh, why not? Let's do this one. God sent Jesus to buy freedom for us so that He could adopt us as His very own children. How about that? God chose us. God selected us. God picked us. God brought us into the family and He paid the adoption fee through His Son because God wants to be in relationship with us. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. You'll give birth to a son and they'll call him Emmanuel, which means... God with us, not God above us, not God somewhere out there, not God nowhere to be found, God with us. John talks about God with us in John 1. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. I love these other translations. He lived among us. He moved into the neighborhood. He made His home among us. That's why God sent Jesus. Zechariah chapter 2, for I am coming and I will live among you. So seeing Jesus through the eyes of God, God wanted to move into our neighborhood. God wanted to be with us. God wanted to dwell among us. God wanted to dwell in our hearts. God wanted to take up residence because God loves us so much. He wanted to be with us. God with us. Again, not far off, not somewhere out there. Not far away, God with us. He came to be with us. In the past, God spoke to our forefathers through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, He's spoken to us by His Son. God with us. Your family's probably the same way. The past few days, our family has been together. Our son and his wife, Spencer and Christine, have been with us. Our daughter and her husband, Sidney and Justin, have been with us. There's something powerful about those words, with us. The action that is involved with the words, with us. Our children made an intentional decision to be with us. And God made an intentional action decision to be with us. And I want you to remember that tomorrow and next week and the next four or five weeks and every day. I want you to remember that God wants to be with you. So when you feel alone, I want you to remember God wants to be with you. And when you're facing trials, I want you to remember God wants to be with you. And when the pain gets so bad, I want you to remember God wants to be with us. And when you need direction, remember that God wants to be with us. Seeing Jesus through the, God, through the eyes of God is seeing that God wants to be with us because he wants to be in relationship with us and that's what christmas is really all about it's god with us paul writes in philippians jesus 
being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and he was found in the appearance as a man, God with us. We sang this song, I think, every Sunday when I was growing up. Be with me, Lord, I cannot live without thee. I dare not try to take one step alone. I cannot bear the loads of life unaided. I need thy strength to lean myself upon. Be with me, Lord, no other gift or blessing thou couldst bestow could with this one compare. A constant sense of thy abiding presence, where'er I am, to feel that thou art near. God delights in being with us. God loves to be with us. If you could sum up Christmas in one word, if you could see through the eyes of God how he feels about us, if you could see Jesus through the eyes of God, it'd be one word. It'd be love. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. What was God thinking when he sent Jesus? What is Christmas all about? God was thinking about us. God was showing us how much he loves us. God was demonstrating his love. For God so loved the world. He gave his one and only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. But to save the world through him. We're going to sing a song at this time. We want to kind of prepare our thoughts for communion, which illustrates how much God loves us. I want us to see Jesus through the eyes of his father. I want us to see Jesus and understand why Jesus came. Let's sing.